Hello and welcome to another episode of Stump Mike, ESPN Cricket Info's weekly podcast with a distinctly subcontinental flavor on things from around the cricketing world that matter to you and things you didn't know should matter. We've got one of international cricket's most experienced coaches on the show today, fresh from his first stint with Pakistan, his first subcontinental team in fact, Mickey Arthur who's got a champion's trophy on his CV apart from taking sides to the top of the world rankings across formats. He's here with us, joining in from Perth. Hello Mickey, our pleasure to have you on. Yeah, thank you, thank you Srinath, it's an absolute pleasure to be with you guys. Great, and to make sure that I'm just uh, nothing more than a bystander and observer today than a host, our own uh, encyclopedia on all things Pakistan cricket, Osman Samiruddin. Hello again, Osman. Hi, morning, Srinath. Morning and afternoon and afternoon. And late evening. afternoon. <laughs> yes, almost evening. <laughs> Um, for Mickey. Um, I guess we should jump right in. Mickey, it's what, almost a month out from, from the Pakistan job. How on earth are you and where on earth are you right now? I'm in Perth. Uh, Perth is, is my home now. We, I'm an Australian citizen. So, so, so Perth is my base. Um, lovely part of the world, Perth. Um, and yeah, it's been a, it's been a month now. So I'm slowly, I'm slowly acquainting myself with, with life outside cricket, but, um, obviously just waiting for the next gig, waiting for something something that comes along that, that interests me again because you know coaching and coaching at this level's in your blood and you just uh, you, you need it it's like a drug you, it fuels you all the time so so just waiting for that next gig to come along yeah i was going to say actually are you are you over the kind of withdrawal period because when you finish a job as intense as the pakistan and you had 3 years and three pretty intense years you had a lot of, a lot of highs a lot of lows but are you kind of uh, what's the word i think it's decompressing when you come out from this really intense tour of duty and you start kind of getting back into normal life are you are you there right now <laughs> yeah I, I, I am i am and, and i must admit it, it, it did take me some time because as much as the there was the sort of chaos of coaching the subcontinent and coaching in pakistan and um you you, you generally miss it um mm. you know I, I i sort of built up a, a really good rapport with the players i loved everything about my time with pakistan it, it was it was a fantastic three years as you say lots of highs lots of lows and that's the one thing with pakistan cricket is the highs are incredibly high and the lows are incredibly low because it's such an emotional country it's such an emotional cricketing public so um you you kind of live that you kind of ride that and that and and that just just produces so much adrenaline and makes makes the job so exciting and interesting. You know, we'll get straight into the exit. I mean, there was a little bit of I, I believe that you uh, you would have carried on had you been offered the chance. Uh, you, you'd had three years there, and I guess you would have wanted to have carried on, right? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll make no bones about it. I, I, I certainly would have. I, I would have liked to go along on because we just built a team. You know, it, it had taken us. It had taken mm. us three years to, to, to get to where we, we needed to be. Our 2020 team was going along beautifully. Um, number one in the world. Our one day team, we'd played a lot of young players who were just, who were just coming to the fore. And I think we saw the back end of the World Cup, how exciting we could have been a team. And then the challenge was going to be to, to build a new test team. So there was, there was a lot of good, interesting challenges out there with Pakistan. And again, it was, you know, I, I was, I was so looking forward to, um, to, to, to maybe carrying on for just a little bit extra. Is there any, I mean, I, I know we're a month out now, but is, is there any bitterness at all towards how it was handled by the PCB? Uh, you know, no, 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 there's no bitterness at all. Um, look, look, I am, I'm a big boy. You know, I, I understand, I understand, um, that this is the world we live in. And, uh, you know, and, and, and the PCB have got to make decisions and they, they've got to make decisions that they think are in the best interests for them. So, so they made the decision to, to not renew, uh, you know, and it wasn't a sacking by any means. It was just, mm. uh, 
it was a it was a non renewal of of my contract and and my whole support staff's contract there whose contracts had come up. So um, it, it was a dis- it was a disappointing time um, because I had had a lot of conversation around the fact that I, I was keen to carry on and 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 I thought that that might come to fruition. But look, it, it, sorry, it, that was it, conversations with the PCB, right? Obviously, you've been. It was conversations with the PCB, and yeah. yeah, I guess the only disappointment I have out of, out of out of the whole lot is is there were some people that I really trusted who 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 ultimately I didn't didn't follow through, and and I and I guess that 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 was, and, I, and I'm talking, I'm not talking about the the, the hierarchy, I'm I'm talking about people on on the cricket committee that that I I, I did mm. trust who who sort of said one thing and and ultimately did another, so that was the disappointing aspect of it. I'm just going to probe a little further and quickly on that, but did did you find it weird that Misbah, obviously who you you know you you worked with uh, as, as captain and coach and had a great relationship with, but. Was it a little bit strange that he was on the committee that kind of oversaw your review, and then he is now the guy who has replaced you as coach? Uh, it's, <laughs> well, to me, that strikes me as a little bit weird. But, you know, yeah, yeah, it was because you know, ironical, uh, ironically, down the line earlier when 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 Mr. S. Money came in, who's who's a wonderful man. He, he hmm. really is a wonderful man. He's a he, he's got he's he's he's, he's um, he'll do wonders for Pakistan cricket. But when he came in, him and I were chatting, and he and he he said he wanted to get a cricket committee up, and he said, you know, who would be the two best guys to get on it? And ironically, I said I thought Mizbah would be outstanding because he was a, a, a godfather of Pakistan cricket, yeah. and he is. Yeah, you know, Mizbah's an outstanding individual. Make no mistake about that. Um, and I and I sort of said I thought Wazi Makram would be really good to get on the committee. Because, you know, I, I think Wazim just understands the international game so well. Um, he carries a huge stature in, in international cricket. So, so I guess, you know, th- those were, th- th- those were guys I endorsed and, and guys I really enjoyed. And, um, and as I say, that they had a job to do and, and they, and they decided that it was in the best interests of Pakistan cricket to, to, to go with a, with a fresh set of eyes, I guess. And, and it just happened to be that Misbah was on the committee that didn't renew our contracts and then becomes this all hair apparent, I guess. But um, ultimately, look, yeah, Misbah will do a good job. Misbah's a good guy. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Pakistan cricket made their decision. Even though, as I say, again, I, I was disappointed because I, I loved every minute of that job. I'm, I'm not going to linger. This, this is going to be my last question on this because, you know, there's so much else to discuss. But just, did you feel you were given a, a fair chance in that review at all? Did you feel like, you know, uh, they they took in your, your points of view about how the team was developing? Yes. Uh, I, I was certainly given a, given a chance. I was certainly given a grilling. I was certainly asked a lot of questions. The thing that, I guess, disappointed me just a little bit out of that final whole cricket committee review was... Was that a lot, a lot of the questions I were being asked were, were, um, questions that, that could be debated either way. So it was a matter of opinion. A lot of it was, was spoken about in hindsight, like some of the selections, et cetera, et cetera. And it's always easy to, to speak mm. in hindsight. And a lot of the information that they said, they told me was, was actually factually incorrect. Um, and, and, and those were, I guess, the information that they ultimately Ended up making a decision on, but but you know a, a, again it was you know I, I just I just want to say that it, it was it, it was a great time. Yes, I was disappointed how it ended, but at the end of the day, I had three fantastic years with Pakistan. Okay, just uh, just getting into those three years now. I mean, 
you know, you, you would look at, I guess, you look at the bottom line in these things and you see how and where each side uh, in each format ranks up now. So, you know, people could say that although there were there were highs, the test side, I think you ended up with, what, 10 wins and 17 losses. Potentially, you could argue that they've regressed maybe from the rise that was coming under under Mizba earlier. The ODI side, uh, I think, like you said, um, although the rankings might not show it, but you have a big, big ICC triumph there. And you have now a core of really good young players, which I think we saw at the, at the back end of that World Cup. And then the T20 side, of course, where you arrived when they, you know, they were probably the most outdated T20 team at the 2016 World Cup. And to now where, you know, Pakistanis are cursing the fact that there's no World T20 between 2016 and now and until next year when they've been number one all this time. Do you think that's a, a fairly fair assessment in that the test team maybe went back a little bit uh, for understandable reasons? The ODI team maybe on the rise but kind of stagnant right now and the T20 team has turned around completely. I think that's a, a probably a fair assessment but let, let me let me deal with it sort of one, yeah, one, one by one. Yeah, the, the test team when when I took over was 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 riding was riding a wave, and and Misbah had them operating really really well. We we drew the series in England, got ourselves to number one in the world, one that became the first Pakistan team to win a test series in the West Indies, hmm. um, and then we lost Misbah and Yunus, and with that we lost ourselves eighteen thousand test runs, I think, which is which is pretty significant. Yeah. Um, we, so it was almost for us then it was almost back to the drawing boards um, in terms of strategy in terms of brand in terms of how we wanted to play our cricket and the one thing I'll say unequivocally is that I always pre- try to prepare our test side to be able to get results abroad because mm. when, you, when when we went away and and, and we got we, we got heavily beaten in South Africa we got heavily beaten in, in Australia and those for me were turning points in terms of our mindset and our young players mindsets so we were building a young test team that could play all around the world that for us was going to be key so yes test team we, we probably did regress but you know, a, a lot of those test series is we lost badly in New Zealand, we lost badly in Australia, we lost badly in South Africa. A part of my planning and structuring with our players was to make them better players in those conditions in the future. So, so, so and and we sort of picked and, and and backed players that we thought would be would be very good in those conditions down the line. Because if you want to get back to being number one in the world, you've certainly got to win outside of your home conditions. Now. We never played at home. So when we played in the UAE, Pakistan were generally fairly strong. That changed a little bit, just basically on 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 personnel. And um, when Pakistan had had all that success, it was interesting that during a period of about two years, I don't think, apart from one tour of New Zealand, they didn't play outside of the subcontinent, which was which was pretty significant in terms of the results that they that mm. they had achieved. Mickey, just quickly, to, on this testing, I think one of the things that I, I was looking at, and it's going to happen again this year, and I just wanted to put this question to you, is that Pakistan's schedule, their test schedule, doesn't, I don't think it ends, I know it's out of your hands, certainly, but I don't think it helps them in the sense that, you know, guys like Azhar and Asad Shafiq and even Yasser Shah, you know, they, they haven't played a test now since the start of the year. Um, they're going to play their next test in November. I'm not sure what's happening with the Sri Lanka test right now, but it could be that they end up before they go to England next year for three tests. They could just be playing a maximum of maybe three, four tests um, in in 18 months. Um, and that that cycle came up quite often during your time as well, didn't it? We haven't watched yeah, Mohammed yeah. Abbas for the longest time as well, Mickey. Exactly. Yeah, 
No, exactly right. Exactly right. Now, 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 Mohammed Abbas was was one of those players we brought in because Mohammed Abbas is is, is an unbelievable bowler um, all around the world, but particularly on wickets that nibble a little bit. You know, so so again, those were the type of players that we picked. Um, I think that's significant was in, in, in what you said because. We could never really get continuity with our test team because we just didn't play enough. So, mm. so you, you'd have a series and then you wouldn't. I mean, we played exceptionally well against Australia, won the test series there, and then we lost the test series 2-1 to New Zealand. And again, one of my biggest bugbears with that test team was we had put ourselves in position so many times to win, only yeah. to crumble in the fourth innings. And that, and that, well, I mean, we should have, we should have had that series tied up there. And they were chasing 135 to win a test match. You're gonna, you, you should be winning that hands down all the time. And, and those were the kind of things that probably distorted our test results just a little bit, mm. but also were areas that we certainly needed, needed to fix up. Um, there were a lot of so, those, there were a lot of those fourth innings or last day blowouts though, wasn't there with, with the batting as well. Um, and, and that, that, again, you know, we looked up the numbers. It wasn't something that was happening just under your time, but it felt no, like no, no, it was there. Um, quite often, yeah. you know, there were there were blowouts where they lost nine wickets in the last session in New Zealand. They lost ten in a day a couple of times, and then they failed to chase well, these well, targets. Well, Did you ever work well, out what it was that was holding these guys back in those in those situations? Yeah, I, I honestly believe it was just we just got scared of winning. The moment presents itself there to win, and we just couldn't grab it. Now, for some unknown reason, we just we just couldn't take it. We just we just couldn't grab that final. That, that 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 you know when the door was open we couldn't smash it down we always we always tended to close it again and and that was the one thing that really that was a frustration i mean the first test match in south africa and let me tell you, that, that test series in south africa was played on 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 poor wickets the wickets were 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 really tough and i and i know i've been called a winger for that um, but <laughs> it, it was genuinely it was genuinely like that so for our subcontinent batsmen it was tough. Now, we had an opportunity in the first test match at Centurion Park to close that game out. We, yeah. we, we, we had got ourselves to a hundred for one on a, on a, on a minefield where 250 was going to be more than enough. We had yeah. got ourselves 80 with 80 for one in terms of the, of the game situation. 80 yeah. ahead, nine wickets in the bank. And we lost nine wickets in the session just after that, which lost us that first test match. We win that test match. It just puts us into, into such a different light in terms of confidence, in terms of how we play in those conditions, in terms of our technique, and we fly after that. And then yet we've got to come from the back foot again. Yeah, I guess those kind of things just, you know, there would have been, I guess, the most frustrating things about about being in charge of that test side. Um, and, and the fact that they happened even, they happened a few times, even with Misbah and Yunus in the side, to be fair. Yeah, yeah no, 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 of, of course they did. And, and that was, and sometimes I genuinely felt, and this is my honest opinion, and I, and I still feel it across all formats, um, was that our players are just too nice. They, mm. they, they just, they're just such good blokes that, that, we, we we just lacked that little ruthless streak where we where we could really nail our opponent when when we when we had them down and out. Mm. Just moving to the ODI side, I mean, you know, and the, I guess the white ball side, you probably made made more gains there. I think uh, on on balance, you probably had more gains with the white ball stuff than you did 
uh, in the Red Boss. So how how do you see? I mean, how do you assess your own kind of ODI time and and then T20 as well? Obviously, naturally. With, with, with that, without a doubt, we we had a lot of gains, and that was the one thing that was that was stipulated to me by by um, Mr. Khan and 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 Mr. Seti when when, when oh, I came okay. in was that we needed to get our white ball cricket. We, 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 they felt, and, and, it was, and, and it was exactly right, was that yeah. the, our white ball cricket at, at, the, at the point of time of coming in was way behind the rest of the world, which, which it was. We had to upskill our players. We had to pick players that could play a certain style. And we had to give them opportunity to grow, which which we did. Um, I tell you what helped with the upskilling of that as well was certainly the PSL. So so having our players playing in a domestic 2020 comp that was world class. You know, you got four international players that had to play under pressure. There was a there was a big following. There was a big TV audience. Certainly made our players grow. So that was that was very very uh, beneficial to them. But mm. white ball cricket, we we were behind the pack, and we had to catch it very soon. I mean, we had to qualify for the Champions Trophy that we ultimately went up and won. <laughs> and and if we had lost the the one day series in the West Indies, they would have qualified, and we would have we would have missed out and have to had to have gone and qualified. For we would the, have gone through the qualifier in Zimbabwe, I think. Yeah, for the World Cup. So it it it, it oh, was sorry, that yeah. close. It was that close to us not even getting to that champs trophy, and we ultimately went there. We played with a freedom that we wanted to to inculcate in our players, and to get that to get that result was was just amazing because that that leapfrogged us uh, in terms of in terms of where we were going as a one day side. Yeah, hmm. we had we had some poor returns after that, and certainly the. The one-day series in New Zealand, I think, was the one that we played just after the Champions Trophy, yeah. and we and we got beaten poorly there. That that was that was a poor series for us. But that particular series in New Zealand, two hundred and sixties, two seventies were going to be more than enough because yeah. the wickets with the new ball had a hell of a lot in it. And if you could just get through that that period, we we would have we would have we, we would have been far more competitive. But what that taught us was the fact that sometimes your 270s and 260s are good enough and we just got to get in and we've got to assess the, the conditions and, and move on from there. The, the only other time since that that, that we were whitewashed was just before the World Cup when England beat us 4-0. But yeah. those games arguably were 50-50 games. In, in, yeah, they were a lot closer. Apart, apart from that game, all the other games, going into the last five overs of the game, were still 50-50. And yeah. in some of them, in two of them, we were actually favourites. So to actually end up losing those games was tough, but I felt that was really good preparation for us. I also thought that our team has, uh, now our one-day team, clearly knows their roles. They clearly know what's needed, and they are just ready. They ju- they cherry ripe and ready to, to um, become the force that that I know they can be. The team now that you handled right right at the end of the World Cup, how are, are they different from the side, and clearly they are, from the side that won the Champions Trophy? Y- yes, I, I think they are. And, and uh, the, the Champions Trophy was was unbelievable for us. You know, I, I often I often narrate to, to our players and, and the cycle of, 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 of cricket teams. When we won the Champions Trophy, that was almost the birth of our one-day side. I mean, we, mm. we played Shadab Khan. We brought him in. Yeah. We, we brought Fakir Zaman yeah. in. Um, we had Fahim Ashraf, Hassan Ali. Yeah. Those, those, were, those were guys that, that we had sort of groomed, but we gave, it, we gave them um, 
the, the opportunities through that Champions Trophy. And I always say that phase, that phase for us was like the innocent climb in a team cycle. They call it the innocent climb. When you get a group of guys together who you know have got unbelievable potential and you, and you let them go and play with this freedom, it's amazing what re- results you get. With those results, though, comes responsibility and expectation. So yeah. that, weighed on, that weighed on the young players' shoulders for, I reckon, nine to ten months after that Champions Trophy. Wow. Was, are we good enough? Sherbert, sure, every time I go out and, and, and I've got to perform because suddenly fuckers of mine became yeah. the pin-up boy of Samsung. And, you know, he couldn't drive around mm. Pakistan without seeing a bullboard with yeah. fuckers of mine. Hassan Ali became the world's number one ranked bowler. Shadab Khan suddenly became a legend. Baba Azam was just brimming along. You know, these, these players suddenly were treated as absolute demigods and icons. And, and that's tough. That's tough to take in because it, it, it's almost easy to come from where there's not, there's no expectation and there's, there's not a lot of responsibility attached to your performances to suddenly every time you went out there, that expectation just grew and grew and grew. And, and our players definitely, definitely felt that pressure. And I feel with, I feel in our one day side now, Mm. We've got to a point in the World Cup where we had some, we, and that World Cup was what was tough. I still say if we had a, that game against Sri Lanka, we we, we would have hur, hurricane, we would have won there. We had just beaten England, we yep. would have qualified. But but we had a tough draw up front. We knew we were going to get, you know, West Indies was a must win game for us. That put yep. us under a bit of pressure. We then went and beat England. We rained out against Sri Lanka. Which meant we went into the the two games that I always targeted was the Australian and India game mm-hmm. because I knew that those for me were going to make or break our World Cup. Mm-hmm. Australia, we got ourselves in a position to win and lost it. We were well beaten by India, but once we sat down after that Indian game and we chatted and sort of kind of wiped away all the outside noise and and just got down to actually just worrying about our games and worrying about our roles. And, and knowing exactly what was required of those players at any given time, mm. we, we started just going from strength to strength. Now, I know that this Pakistan team is a confidence team. It's a team that when you play well, it's, it's, it's tough to, st- uh, to stop. Yeah. But the key is getting them to play well um, first up because once, once they go, they, they, they're an unbelievable side because they just get filled with confidence. And I found that the players at the end of the World Cup knew exactly where they fitted in. They knew their roles and they were ready right now to come in and take the world by storm. Do you think, and, and we discussed this during the World Cup as well a couple of times when we met, but did you think, and you know what my opinion was that, you know, I, I don't think Pakistan found their right 11 until it was too late. Um, and I know a, a certain bit of it depended on conditions and stuff uh, and, and, and the opponents and who you were playing and that kind of dictated things as well. But were you guys confident in every selection that you made throughout that tournament? Y- yes, y- yes, I was. And, and, and you know, this was something that came up in the, in, the, in this um, cricket committee meeting was, well, why didn't we play Shadab and Taunton? Yes, you can argue that we could have and, sh- and perhaps should have played Shadab. But you can also argue that when we're looking at the wickets and we we're looking at conditions. We see a wicket with a lot of grass on. It's not going to aid the spinner. It's slightly damp. We want to win the toss and bowl. We think our best opportunities with four seamers and using uh, the, getting the extra batter in and using Malik and, and Hafiz to give us ten overs. But we we then have we can then play Asif Ali. So we bat we bat all the way down the order. In hindsight, yeah, yeah maybe maybe Harris Sahel was was one guy that. 
that, that, that could have been debated. Yeah, we played him in the first game. We didn't play Malik, but we played Malik in, in the second game. And didn't Do you think play you played Harris. Malik too long? I, I've been asked this numerous times. I was, yeah, and, and, and I think I've told you this before. Yeah. I can honestly say that I thought it was the right decision to take Malik to the World Cup. And I'll mm. tell you why, is, is because I thought that certainly him and Afiz, it would be their last opportunities to, yep. to have a World Cup, which I think creates a burn in a player. And that burn in a player can produce unbelievable things. The other thing with Malik that we, that people don't know is he's incredible around the dressing room. A lot of young players really look up to Shai Malik. Whenever mm. we had, a, we, whenever we had a cap presentation and we had a guy on debut, I'd always go and ask the guy on debut, who would, who do you want me to give the cap? And invariably they'd always say Shai Malik. Um, it was just the pull that he had on, on the team. And I thought that in a World Cup was vital within our squad environment. Um, you know, so whether that was right or wrong, I mean, yeah, that's... Yeah. I mean, that's in, in hindsight now, do you do you maybe regret doing that and not taking along another player instead? I, I, I know performances were as they were, but do you kind of, do you think back and say, maybe I got that one wrong? Or no, that, you know, you did it for the right reasons at least? I did it for the right reasons. Okay. Whether it was right or wrong... That's that's deba- that, that that's debatable. I still think it was right. I still think we did it for the right reasons. And having him in the squad did not necessarily mean he had to play every game, which he didn't. Yeah. And you know, so it wasn't like we were carrying him. It mm. it was just that, that that there was that reassurance around the dressing room, and and the young players took a lot of a lot of advice out of mm. out of Shaib Malik, and, and 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 that often goes unnoticed to the outside world. And presumably, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't just you picking the teams, but presumably Safraz and everyone else who, who was in on it was, was happy with these decisions, right? Yeah, of course. They, yeah, of course they were. And, you know, I can honestly sit there. We had NC there for a period of time. And yeah. I can honestly, I can honestly sit and say that the selection panel that I worked with, with NZ, um, and, you know, his, his, his guys, uh, Wazim Haider, Tafik, Wasti, um, that was a very, very good selection panel. Those guys took their job incredibly serious. Inzi did. We never ever in three years had a serious, had a serious, um, uh, falling out. It, 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 uh, we had some good debates around teams, but ultimately it, it was, it was always done in the right spirit. Um, okay. you know, so I was disappointed to read a lot of people were saying, oh, Inzi's there and what's he doing? Well, I can honestly say Inzi, when he was there, it was only very positive. Um, okay. Enzi, myself, and Safi, we would sit down. We, we'd we'd generally throw up two scenarios. So we had a plan A, we had a plan B, um, and that generally involves: Do you want the extra batsman? Do you want the extra bowler? Who mm. do you want? Um, what sort of style are we going to play? Do we want a finisher, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And then we would throw out our options, and invariably we came to the same conclusion. Okay, so uh, just I, I, I want to kind of you know talk a little bit about the T Twenty setup as well, and and through that I want to talk about the kind of things that you that you saw when you got here, uh, because you know I, th- I think the the turnaround of the T Twenty is probably the biggest kind of change that a, a coach could bring to a side like Pakistan. When you yeah, uh, yeah. and you know the things that you focused on thereafter with the players, their fitness and the fielding, which you know we'll talk about Stumper as well later, but uh, when you when when you arrived to Pakistan and they were uh you know out of the world T20 and they were pretty awful side then to be honest to be to be a T20 side they were pretty awful T20 side what did you see in that side and what did you think okay these are the things that I need I need to work on straight away 
I tell you what I saw first and foremost. I saw a team that played with a with again with a lot of fear, that that played with a, a weight of expectation on it, but a team that didn't really play anywhere near a brand that suited them. So 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 with our 2020 side, we we just decided that we're going to play a brand of cricket that that suits Pakistan. Now that brand, yes, we had to up our fitness, we had to up our fielding. Those were those were two non-negotiables because if we wanted to compete and compete for a long period of time, we had to we had to have those two disciplines sorted out. How bad um, was it when you first got there with the with the lot of uh, you don't have to take names, but you know how. Although it it it, 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 it it was poor. It, it it was it was very very poor. Us and and we we reached us reached the tipping point with the team. In Australia, on the on that in that first year yeah. on the Australian tour, we brought our one-day players in for fresh legs, and we took them out for on the New Year's Day Test match. You might have been there in Sydney. No, Sydney, I remember during uh, it, lunch or tea. I think the players yeah, came run around. It was full. They had just arrived. New. I mean, we we'd been battered in the Test series. It was tough going. We'd come out of New Zealand. We'd been there a long time. We had new legs. We had new energy. We had new faces. We took them out on the ground for a little bit of shuttles, a quick fielding session during the lunch break. My word, they were an absolute disgrace. It was embarrassing. It, it was embarrassing watching them lie on the ground, try and catch high balls, run in and throw, and that was when myself and the support staff sat down. We said, that is a reflection of us. So those players are a reflection of the system they come out of. Now, we either, A, going to just say that that's okay and disappear because that's the system, or we're going to do, generally do something about it. And we did something about it. We put the fitness testing in and all that type of stuff, mm. which certainly made us a better 2020 team. What we also did with the 2020 side, and we had done that, and that was a brand that worked for us at the World Cup, was we generally looked to attack with the ball. So we looked to bowl sides out. We picked attacking bowlers because the best way to stop run rate is by taking wickets. Mm. And, and certainly in one-day cricket and in, in 2020, it's just a, 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 on a smaller scale, that if you get to over 15 and you four or five down, you can't attack the, with those final five or four overs with the same vigor. If you get to over 40 in ODR, in ODR cricket, and you're six or seven down, you can't get a hundred in the last ten. If you're three or four down, you're going to get a hundred in the last ten, and that takes you out the game. So we tried to play a style of cricket where we we attacked, particularly with the ball, because that was our major our major strength. That was our major weapon, and it and it worked incredibly well. And it was really interesting because once the bowlers started nailing and taking wickets. Our batters grew, almost grew in confidence. You, you could see this this growth together. We became mm. dynamic in the field. That was contagious. That that went into our batting and bowling, and suddenly we blossomed into this the, into this twenty twenty side that I was certainly very proud of. And I think the the, the batting was. I mean, you, you're right about the the bowling being the attacking aspect. I think the batting strategy was pretty clear most times. In that you know. Barber would be the, the the main anchor who would bat through the innings, and then there'd be guys like Fakhar, there'd be other guys who would kind of play around him. And yes. you know, I think any time Pakistan got to about one seventy, so you know, we're not talking like massive two hundred, one even one ninety, two hundred, two hundred ten scores. Once Pakistan got to like one seventy, one eighty, I, I think the bowlers were always confident that they could defend that. No, a hundred percent right. I said I'll I'll even take it take it down a down a step. Is that uh, there was a stat in last year we had a really good twenty twenty 
campaign, we beat Australia and New Zealand 3-0. Yeah. So we won six straight in the UAE. Now, yeah. there wasn't stat going around, and correct me if I'm wrong here, we had won every game. I mean, well, we, we were. We won that massive winning streak. But we had won every game when we got 150 or more our bowlers defended that. Yeah, I think I, I remember a stat like that. And I'm, I'm you know, we, we can verify that. But yeah. I'm pretty sure there was a stat going around like that. No, there was. And, and that was just through suffocation in the field and generally looking to strike and take, take wickets when we bowl. So, so we, we, we were amazing. The batting strategies were, were, were certainly, certainly very fluid. We used mm. Safi at four. Um, yeah. we, we, Fucker had his role up front. And we, you know, the days Fucker comes off, we win games. Baba became the, I mean, and Baba's just a, and he's an absolute gem. He's, he's, he's a wonderful, wonderful player. Yeah. You know, we, we found those players that, that just, and, and this is where Shay Malik was very good. Shay Malik would, would marshal that, that number five position very, very well for us. He would come mm. in and generally, generally take us from overs 10 to sort of 15. He would generally get us into, into a fairly good position over, over, over that time. Hafiz played particularly well for us last year as well. So yeah. we had, we had a formula that, that really worked. We had gun guys at the death. We worked extremely hard as a, as a Mahmoud worked extremely hard with our bowlers in terms of their, of their death bowling. We, we found the recipe that really worked for us. And so the cherry on top of all of this, and I think it, it stood out, especially in, in those series that you mentioned against Australia and New Zealand in the UAE, um, where I, I think fairly confidently, and probably for the first time ever, I think Pakistan outfielded both sides in that series. Um, there was yeah, that fucking run out, you know, that very kind of diving forward and flicking it from the back of his hand. There were catches that weren't being dropped. Shadab was making things look easy. That was, I, I, I think, a high point in Pakistan's fielding that's probably never been achieved before. How much of a role did, did Steve Rickson have to play with this? And then, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about his, his leaving as well. But he, he was massive in this, wasn't he? Steve Rickson was massive in this. You know, I knew Steve from, from our time with Australia. We, we, we had a very special relationship. I know that if I... Uh, we needed to get the fielding up to where we wanted it. There was only one man who could do that for us. And Steve, Steve Rickson was the epitome of a professional cricket coach. He came in and did an unbelievable job for us. He was tough. He was uncompromising, but he was fair and the boys loved him. And he did, he did a great job in that. And, and he was instrumental in taking that, uh, taking that fielding, uh, fielding of ours to another level. What was it? Was it his kind of no-nonsense style? Did he... Because he, he, he's very close to the players as well, right? The players really liked him from what I gathered. I think he's a no-holds-barred guy on the field, right? That if you're not giving 170% or whatever, then you're, you're dumb, essentially. Yeah, 100% right. And, and, and that's, how, that's how we ran it, um, Oz, is that I, I'm, I'm very, very similar in that regard. Is, 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 and, that's, and that's what made Steve, myself, made our relationship very good but from right from australia days already and and um and the other support staff bought into that you know the grant flowers the azama moods our, our our trainer grant luden we, we we worked incredibly closely as a as a group with very strict guidelines but 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 very very specific goals that we had for our players to reach, and, and we got the rewards rewards out of that without a doubt. I mean, we we, we handled that and, mm. and 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 worked worked incredibly well. 
But again, it was it was very, very much based on a formula that worked for us and worked incredibly well. Steve leaving, and it, it wasn't a particularly happy exit, I guess, but that made a massive difference, didn't it, to the team ultimately? It, it was a change. Put it mm-hmm. that way, it, it, it was a to- total change. I, I got Grant Bradburn in who came in, and yep. Grant's a wonderful coach. He's, he's, a, he's a very, very knowledgeable man. He's a very, very good coach, and he was a very good fielding coach. He, he was he, he did he did an outstanding job with us, but albeit in a, in, a, in a very different style to to, to Steve. Okay, I, but I mean there was there was a clear dip in standards, I think, right? Between I would say that that Australia and New Zealand series at, in the UAE, and then at the World Cup where there were you know there were numerous drop catches, the ground fielding became a little bit sluggish. I mean, how do you kind of explain a, a team, the core of which is essentially the same, that goes from that high? You know, increasingly the challenge now in modern cricket is to maintain those standards. So the best teams, New Zealand, the Australia, even England, they maintain those standards throughout, don't they? Yeah, of course they do. Of course they do, Oz. That that was um, disappointing for me. Our fielding at the World Cup was extremely disappointing. It Mm. wasn't due due to lack of effort. It wasn't due to lack of trying. I mean, those guys were hitting, getting, doing catches, training, Doing exactly the same, and they were wonderful through their through, through their training. Yeah. I, I explain it away, and this might be just superficial in in, in in my thinking, but I explain it away as a lack of confidence. You know, once you drop one, you end up again; it becomes yeah. contagious. Mm. Our ground fielding during the World Cup, we, I sit along with Grant, Grant Bradburn, who, who who took a lot of notes, um, did a lot of stats around the game. We often out ground fielded. A lot of our opponents, believe it or not, mm. in terms of in terms of uh, knock-on, single saved, throws coming over the top of the stumps, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the 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 public see the drop catches, and and that's the thing that sticks out a mile. So we didn't necessarily field worse in terms of in terms of our ground fielding. Our catching our catch, our catching was poor though. But I think mm. we also need to need to just understand that that we also made a decision there to to take. Now it's it's no secret. Imad Wazim is battling with his knees. Harris Sahail bats with it, battles with his knees. Mohammed Afiz battles with it, with, it, with with his knees. We took we took a decision to bring those players along to the World Cup. And mm. when we got all of them on the same field, generally it was it it was tough to to hide one or two of them, you know. Which we, which we had, we had done so well previously. So in the cricket committee meeting, I'll, I'll, I'll say, yeah, people ask me, well, why do we take unfit players to the World Cup? We never took unfit players to the World Cup. Every player, while Imad Wazim passed the, 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 the fitness test that they had to, and you know, Imad Wazim passed, albeit on a different apparatus, because he couldn't run in the indoor school because of his knee. So it, we didn't take unfit players to the World Cup. Interestingly, those players all all got man of the match awards. Yeah, they did at one time or another during the tournament. So, so, so those players won us games. So, so our our take was was going to be a little bit different now going into these years that we haven't got where match winning performances were going to be crucial. Mm. Um, but but fielding was still, um, and fitness was still going to be an, a, a non negotiable. But yeah, players, we thought, and, and just moving into the fitness thing, you know, you 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 took you took on a couple of big public battles with players like guys like Omar Akmal, I guess, and Wahab a little bit too on 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 fitness. And you you made very clear, you know, that fitness was going to be amazing. How difficult was it? Did did the players buy into it? Did, the, did that pool of talent, you know, because you weren't dealing with just the 11 on the field, but there were like 20 
kind of probables? Did 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 yeah. they buy into what you what you wanted on, on the fitness front? The, the, they certainly did. And 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 one of the legacies I, I I'd like to think from our time as a support staff there is going to be the fact that the new generation player Imam Al Haq, Baba Azam. Mm. Bakr Zaman, Shadab Khan, Hassan Ali, Fahim Ashraf, Shaheen Shah Afridi, these, uh, Muhammad Hasnain, uh, Usman Shinwari, these mm. guys believe 100% in fitness. They know that fitness is crucial to them producing their match-winning performances. They know that. They train the house down. And I'm hoping that that legacy is going to be passed on to the next generation Pakistan player, to the next generation Pakistan player. And if that happens, means we've changed a culture, means means that, that, that during our time, we've done something significant um, in Pakistan cricket because they're going to be a fitter, faster, stronger team in years to come. Now that was hard to hard to break down. And yes, you're right. We needed to make take some prisoners. Mm. We needed to make a couple of stands around around our fitness standards. But we were we were uncompromising in that because we lost test matches in 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 the first series because the bowler's first spell was good. Yeah. His second spell was okay. His third spell, his pace was down, and the fourth spell, he, he was as stiff as a board and couldn't run in anymore. Though we lost test series there and then. Um, mm. with players that just weren't fit enough to compete over five days. And then if we got them through one test match, they certainly weren't ready and fit enough to, they hadn't recovered well enough to compete three days later at the start of the second test match. Did you, were you always happy with Safraz's fitness throughout your tenure? I only say it because he came in for scrutiny, you know, just because he looked and it's, it's difficult to see from, from the outside, I guess. But, you know, oftentimes he looked a little bit overweight. Maybe he was carrying a little bit of extra weight, but presumably, he was passing all the fitness tests and was yes. sticking to the, the, the line on this? So, so yeah, we did. We, we were uncompromising with Safi on it because he was the leader. Mm. Um, now, yeah. now, now, now I, I, you know, again, this is what people don't see away from, away from, the, from the ground. They don't see the amount of times that Safi puts into his fitness. The how mm. he, it, Safi would go to the – Safi, and I, I'm not sure if he had done it, he certainly took on that fitness regime. The one thing with Safi is Safi's a comfort eater. Mm. So when he's under pressure, Safi eats. And, 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 and that wasn't, that wasn't the fact that Safi was unfit. It, it, he, he battled, sometimes battles and his weight fluctuates a little bit. But Safi worked incredibly hard at his fitness. And, mm. you know, just, just on Safi, Safi take cops a lot, um, in Pakistan, yeah. but he's, he's, Safi's a wonderful leader, and I, and, I, and I always say that you judge a leader by the respect the players have for him. So Safi, Safi can be this hard or dictator on the field, and he's always in the play, it looks like he's always in the players' faces and everything, but he mm. comes off the field. He's their big brother. They're in the corner, he's laughing, he's joking. He has that ability just to switch. And that is a, it's a wonderful quality. I, it's a quality I haven't seen in too many, in too many players and too many captains down the line. Mm, okay. Did you, did you guys, as part of this fitness thing, and, um, did you push hard for them to change their dietary habits? You know, we're talking about Safraz right now being maybe a, a comfort eater, but did you push hard on that for them to start changing the way they ate and, and what kind of stuff they were eating? Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. Oz. We, 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 we tried to educate the guys on, 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 on what was good, what was bad. So it was unbelievably nice for me to see in, in the World Cup now. We'd, and this never happened before that, that we, we'd stop at a service station 
and and the players would the players would go in and uh, I'd see the guys at Subway. They wouldn't be at Burger King. Okay. You know, so 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 there was there was a cultural change. The, the the one thing the one thing I'll say is that we couldn't control the food at night, and, and and nor should we. You know that, that that's players' time. We we can we can control to a point their breakfast in the hotel. We can control what they eat during the day because we can uh, support staff would would put menus through. So we can control or we can't control what they eat at night because we don't see them in the evening. And the Pakistan public, wherever they go, are unbelievably hospitable. There's always food that's been, that's been yeah, brought in. There's plenty of food being thrown around. The, the, you know, and of course, and it's 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 almost custom that you you kind of can't say no to that food. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's almost disrespectful. Our boys are incredible boys. They're such nice people. So so they end up eating it. There's always naan and there's a rotis and there and there's yeah. the oil. It's just, it, it's just, it's just the way it is, you know. So we, we we would always say to the players, and we always got our fitness trainer to do it. Old, old Ludes would always go and he'll say, "Boys, I'm seeing the food go in. I'm not going to stop the food, but we're going to do one more gym session this week. So you've got the choice: do you want to eat the food, or do you want to do an extra gym session?" And twenty hands would go up. We'll do the extra gym session. <laughs> we'll enjoy the food as well, but we'll do that extra gym session. I mean, yeah. in that place. Ms. Bad Yunus were great, weren't they? Because they were so disciplined with their diets as well and, and their workouts and stuff. I mean, they, they were, they were uh, disciplined to the point of insanity almost. You know, somebody like Yunus, I think, used to have his dinner by six and it was all grilled meats and nothing else, um, which is, you know, just a world away from what everyone else in Pakistan would be used to anyway. Um, yeah, no, 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 exactly right. 100% right, Oz. Um, yeah, Mizba and Eunice were unbelievable role models for those players in terms, no, in no. terms of in terms of all the extra work they did, and and that's something that Mizba will now will, will now inculcate, and I, and I hope he brings it into into the team because he he, you know, it was hard from a guy from the Western culture to change those habits. Mm. It, mm. it, it, it would be easier for 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 a for a local guy to to yeah. to yeah. to to, to change their habits because they understand it more. So he's already so doing it. Apparently, there was a there was a story in the local press in in Jung the other day about how he's banned biryanis from uh from from the Kaidazm Trophy matches right now. Which uh, I, I don't know how well that will go down, but you know <laughs> he's he's starting. No, Just well that's that. right, and and, yeah, well, and, and 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 that's good. You know, as I say, I'm sure I'm sure Mizba will be all over that because him and Eunice were incredible role models for those younger players. How do you reckon he'll go as a coach? I mean, you worked with him as a captain, but you've been a coach, and you know that coaching is not the same thing. How how do you think he may go as a as a coach of a of an international side? I loved working with Mizba. He was he was he's he's a, he's a wonderful man. He's um he's got a very very good cricket brain. So I hmm. think I think he'll be okay. Um, c- communication and his man management is is. Is going to be an area that 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 will challenge him a little bit, but yeah. in terms of cricket brain, in terms of knowledge, in terms of understanding the domestic scene, um, understanding the players, knowing which players are coming through the system, he'll be he'll be outstanding at that. I mean, I hope Misbah goes goes really well, um, and 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 he's certainly got a, got a, a great cricket brain, and and he's certainly going to be very well respected. Just looking back, how. How culturally, if you can just talk about working for an organization like the PCB compared to an organization like CA or CSA, um, and, and being in Pakistan, I think was a big thing for you, wasn't it? You spent a fair bit of time in Pakistan. 
and I think she made a lot of friends there. Yeah. And you got into that culture generally. It, it, it was very different. I, I, I loved it. There's a lot of good people who do who do good work at the PCB. I know the PCB caps a lot of stick and and whatever, mm. but but there's a lot of people doing good work there. Uh, you know, and, I, and I'm sure Wazim Khan's going to make a difference. Essen Mani's, I think, will be a very good chairman, very professionally minded. He'll bring a lot of corporate governance to it. You know, I, it, it, and I must say, I enjoyed working with Najim Seti and Shreya Khan as well. They were they were different, but they were also very, very good and got the job done. So there's a lot of good things that happen at the PCB. Yes, it's different. And there's, there's delays, there's different procedures, there's, there's different things that happen. But it was almost nice in that it almost gave me a carte blanche to come in and work. I think sometimes, to, you know, at CA or CSA, a lot of the time, a lot of it can be over-regulated at times, you know. Yeah. You get emails with 95 people CC'd on it because there's 95 <laughs> people who need to know what's going on. Well, in in the piece in the PCB we had we had you know it didn't send too many emails it was it was WhatsApp and we and we and we got the decision done you know so 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 I kind of liked that I must say I I, I really enjoyed my time in Pakistan the the people were amazing was, you know the the support I got from the Pakistan public was. And, you know, it, I get I get quite emotional about it because it was it it was wonderful. It was it was. I still get messages from the Ness, the dictator. He's still he's. In fact, he messaged me today. You know, I, I made an incredible amount of friends in Pakistan. I became incredibly friendly with, with a family in in, um, in Lahore. Used to go and have dinners mm. with them all the time. It, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience that I'm. And I feel totally enriched for it. Did you did you feel uh, Grant mentioned it, and it's only natural, of course. Grant mentioned that you know he had he had a great time as well, but sometimes he found the security a bit stifling, which was kind of necessary around him, I guess. Um, did you did you ever feel the same way, or did it was it something that eventually it was just like, well, you know, it's there, it's there, but it's not really stopping me from doing what I need to do. Yeah, it, it, it was, and, and I've got to be honest that living in the NCA was sometimes being like an Alcatraz. It was sometimes. <laughs> It, it felt sometimes like you were in jail, you know. Okay. Um, but that was through no fault of anybody's. That that was just there was just you know we 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 had a beautiful little coffee shop across the road, which mm. was thirty meters from gate to gate to door. But okay. I had to, I had to walk with two guards across the road, you know. Yeah. If I wanted to go out and get picked up by people who were going to go out for out to a restaurant for dinner, well, I had to, I had to sign in, sign out. They had to know who was picking me up. It it, it it did become a little claustrophobic at times. Mm. But mm. um by and large, once we understood that that was the gig, it it just became second nature really. And just here, one of the one of the things that uh you know you will have noticed maybe in the Kaidazm trophy they've made Babar uh captain of one of the sides. Shadab is not captain of the northern areas, but I believe you had recommended that Shadab could be somebody for the future. Um are, are these two guys do you think could could take over captaincy at some point and in the near future. Are yeah. there others? Do you think who could be good leaders in, in that side? No, I, I think I think those are that's the new way wave of Pakistan cricketer. Um, Bob Bob has got a very good cricket brain. Uh, he thinks well. I just sometimes get a little bit scared with Barber that I think Barber is going to be the best batsman in world cricket, and I say that unreservedly. Yeah. Um, I think at times we'll we should just leave here. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we should just let Barber bat, mm. um, and and I think Barber will be a wonderful vice captain. Put him in a vice captaincy role, but let Barber bat because Barber's going to get a hell of a lot of runs for Pakistan. 
Um, and, and ultimately, in his in his last couple of years, let's not elevate Barber too soon. In yeah. in Barber's in Barber's last couple of years, yes, by all means, he, he he's, he, he's a, he'll be a captain in the making. But let Barber bat now. Let 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 Barber go and show the world how good he is. Um, I always said, and yes, in that same committee meeting, I recommended Shadab as a captain in the future. I mean, the, the media blew it all out of proportion and said our city should be captain now, which is yeah. which was totally yeah. false. I, I said he had potential leadership qualities for the future, and I still maintain that. I think he's got an unbelievable cricket brain. He thinks about the game exceptionally well. He is a captain in the making um, at, at at the moment. I'm not saying now. Safi's done a wonderful job, and, and Safi's yeah. our man. But a future leader is is, is Shadab Khan because he's got an unbelievable cricket brain. He's also not scared to make decisions, and he's also not scared to have his say on certain things. Do you, do you think ultimately even more than, than, the, than the results, and, you know, Champions Trophy was one crazy high, of course, but even more than the results and the rankings, do you think uh, it's, it's having worked with these young guys and brought them along on the international stage, you know, the PSL obviously and the domestic system did bring them out ultimately, but you, you having worked with them at, at, at that level, do you think that might be one of the legacies that you're most proud of, that you worked with guys like Hassan and Shadab and Babur and made them better, um, and, and Fakhar and, yes. and uh, Imam? 100% right. 100% right. Um, uh, Oz. My, my, and I'm talking man and, and my support staff who, who worked mm. incredibly hard. Our, our, certainly our legacy is going to be the fact that we gave these guys a opportunity, which, which, which sometimes people didn't get in Pakistan. We gave them opportunity because we identified their talent. They had the right, they had they had the right skill sets. They had the right mindsets. They were ready. So so yes, um, I, I, I'm very proud of that. I'm also very proud when I see those players escalate. When Hassan Ali becomes the number one batsman in the world, um, bowler in the world. When mm. Baba Azam is the number one 2020 batsman in the world, and 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 in the top five in ODI cricket. When I see our players move up those rankings um, and start performing on the world stage, that that for that as a coach is your is your greatest legacy, is that you know that you've played a part, albeit sometimes a very small part, in developing mm-hmm. them to be the players that they can be. What's your um What's your own future now? I mean, I guess immediate question is: Are you still going to be with the Karachi Kings this season of the PSL or? I, I, I hope so. I, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not 100 percent sure yet. Um, you know, okay. <laughs> time will time will tell on that one. Um, but I would like to get into mainstream coaching again um, very soon. I, I, I've got a, I've got a, a, another 2020 gig that's going to be announced pretty shortly, okay. um, uh, which which will keep me busy over the festive period. But I, I'd certainly like to look for a. Yeah, I, that, I, mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to jump the gun. But is that something with the BBL, perhaps? Uh, n- no, n- no, it's not. Um, <laughs> I just um, want to. But, 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 but there's also, um, there, there, there's also uh, international posts that might come up, and you know, th- those are, uh, international crickets where I want to be at. Oz, that, that's that's where I want to be working. That's cutting edge. That. That is for me is 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 the ultimate. Um, but right now, I, 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 I'm I'm waiting and looking for that for, for for that next opportunity. But it has to be a good opportunity for me. 
Okay. And just before, so I, I forgot to push this question in earlier. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people will ask this, but do you think, and you, you were so close to him, do you think Mohammed Amir will ever come back into Test cricket or do you think he's done with it? No, I think he's done with Test cricket. Um, really? I, 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 think, I think he's done with Test cricket, Mohammed Amir. Um, unfortunately, um, and, and I'd like, I'm, I'm incredibly close to him. He's, he's a wonderful, mm. wonderful, wonderful bowler. But above all, he's a wonderful person. And I mean, I still have, I still have conversations with him certainly once a week. He's, um, he's a wonderful guy. He's in a wonderful bowler. But, but I just think, you know, those five years were, were, were yeah. incredibly hard on him, Oz. And, and, yeah. and his body can't take just continual bowling in test match cricket all the time. Mm. Um, and, and I, th- and, and I pushed him through that South African tour. He wanted to. He wanted to go before the South African tour. He 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 he, he went on to the South African tour, um, not as a favour to me, but but oh. with a with a bit of persuasion. Um, okay. I'm hoping that, and and I don't think his mind's in in in, in, in into into Test cricket. Let's let Mohammed Abir bowl with a white ball because we'll we'll have double the double the player and we sit there with a potential match winner. It, it, once he bowls with a white ball, he will be incredibly good. Okay. And and just finally, Mickey, I mean, you know, thank you for being on the show. It's, it's been great to catch up. But uh, do you think <laughs> ever in your life you will you will be able to understand how it is that, you know, you coached teams as professional and as gifted and as consistent as South Africa and Australia um, and <laughs> you didn't win an ICC title with them and you came to Pakistan and you, you have the Champions Trophy? <laughs> Can you ever get your head around this? Do you think that you won an ICC Champions Trophy with with Pakistan, and yet with teams like Australia and, and, and South Africa, um, you know, you, you didn't quite get there. Although you got, you know, you, you got the semis and stuff. Um, that's something that takes a little bit of getting your head around, right? <laughs> yeah, it it, it it certainly does. It, and, and and there's a saying, and I keep telling I, I keep telling the people out there, and they keep looking at me as if I'm stupid. But you've never coached. Until you've coached in the subcontinent, because the passion, the color, the highs, the emotion, the lows, um, it is an exhilarating experience. And my time with Pakistan was was nothing short of exhilarating. I, I met wonderful people. I worked with incredible players, and uh, and, and you know, I just I, I enjoyed every minute of it. Great. Thank you very much, Mickey. It was a pleasure having you on. And I, I guess go well. You know, good luck with everything you do. Um, and thank, thank you. Thank you. No, pleasure. Yeah, pleasure. And, and also, thank you for your, for your support. I've said it numerous times. Uh, thanks so much, Mickey. Thanks so much.